It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every single day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch and subscribe to the show on YouTube. Our fourth week on YouTube, just search Locked On Panthers. Click on the blue icon since we're the Carolina Panthers, not the Florida Panthers and press subscribe so far over 350 subscribers in the first three weeks let's get that number to 400 by friday thank you to everyone who so far has watched the show and supported the show on youtube if you're not watching on youtube that's okay you can check us out on apple Podcasts, where i ask you to rate review and subscribe five stars only don't be a hater and you can also listen to us on spotify and all the other places where you listen to this show in all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag question. So either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. And if you watch on YouTube, you can also just leave in a comment section of any of the shows that you watch your question for the weekly Friday mailbag. Get those questions into me now. But recognize, this is a very busy week in the National Football League as the legal tampering period or the official NFL negotiating period, which makes a lot more sense than legal tampering, because if it's tampering, it shouldn't be legal, and it's not legal. But you understand what they're trying to say as teams and players can start negotiating deals and come to terms in principle by 4 p.m. on Wednesdays when they can actually sign them when the new league year starts here in the National Football League for 2022. So I've already gotten questions from people asking about certain things, and I've told them, hey, listen, a lot's going to change very quickly. So you might ask this question, and by Friday, it might not mean anything. So delay your questions until maybe later on in the week, and I'll get to them on Thursday when I record, but then on Friday when you listen to the show. And I've already learned the hard way. This is the second time I'm recording a podcast for you, as I recorded earlier on Monday around 530. It's now about 9 o'clock on Monday night. I had other things to do, other plans, but here I am because the Carolina Panthers decided after a very slow day of not doing anything that they wanted to start signing players. So I'm re-recording the episode because a lot of things I said don't matter anymore. But one of the things I did talk about, though, was the Carolina Panthers meeting with Deshaun Watson, Adam Schefter, the ESPN NFL insider reported earlier on Monday that Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson was expected to meet over the next 48 hours to the Carolina Panthers and New Orleans Saints, among other teams per league sources. Watson wanted to meet with teams as much as teams want to meet with him before trade talks ramped up. Joe Person from The Athletic, who covers the Carolina Panthers, also reported on Monday that neither Matt Rule or Scott Fitterer were in office on Monday. As at noon, that's when the negotiating period started, when they could start talking to players and start signing players and well, they weren't in the office 
on 800 South Mint Street in Uptown Charlotte on Monday were nowhere to be found. Well, it was very clear where they were. They were headed down to Harris County, Texas, and to Houston to speak and meet with Deshaun Watson and Aaron Wilson, who's been all over this. He formerly of the Houston Chronicle, now covers the NFL as an insider for Pro Football Network. He has been reporting pretty much everything when it comes to Deshaun Watson. He's one of the people that you need to go out there and follow on Twitter. I think it's Aaron Wilson, NFL. Either way, you can search his name, find him. But he reported on to, on Monday night, Deshaun Watson has completed his meetings with the New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers. According to league sources, the team sent their top people, including Saints general manager Mickey Loomis and new head coach Dennis Allen, while the Panthers sent owner David Tepper and Matt Rule more teams to follow in the next coming days. As Wednesday, ideally, would be the date where the Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, and all the other teams interested in Deshaun Watson would be able to have an answer of whether he's going to play on their team because they need to know whether they need to work things around with the salary cap to fit in certain players or if they can sign other players because they're missing out on Deshaun Watson. That's something that the Carolina Panthers are waiting to hear, I'm sure, as they waited until Monday night, and we'll get it to the signings here in just a moment, to finally, well, not signings, but the agreements in just a moment of the players that they are hoping to bring to Carolina. So that's where we stand as far as the Deshaun Watson situation so far. Other teams that are interested, apparently the Seattle Seahawks, who have a bunch of capital after trading Russell Wilson, which will become official at 4 p.m. on Wednesday, to the Denver Broncos. Deshaun Watson allegedly does not want to go there. He also has no interest in the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are out of the race. Now that Tom Brady, surprise, after 40 days of retirement, said, I'm done with this. I'm going back to play in the National Football League. And I'm actually kind of happy to have Tom Brady back. I miss Tommy, but I don't think I'll miss him that much if the Carolina Panthers are unable to figure out their quarterback situation. The Panthers have probably done their due diligence more than any other team. At least that's what's been reported. David Tepper went as far to hire a private investigator and to put boots on the ground in Houston, Texas, and try and figure out what was going on with Watson, what was true, what wasn't true, and whether the Carolina Panthers actually could go after this quarterback. The Panthers also hired quarterback coach Sean Ryan, who formerly was with Watson in Houston, and you have to think that a part of his hire, outside of, yes, he has connections to Ben Mac, not to Ben McAdoo, but to um, Tom Coughlin, which has been huge when it comes to Matt Rule's staff here in Carolina, at least the ones that he's hired in recent in the last couple of weeks to have that connection, but he has a connection to Deshaun Watson. You would think that that might help Watson decide to come to Carolina. But the issue with Deshaun Watson, as we've known for over a year now, as the Panthers have had the interest since back in February of 2021, they wanted Watson. David Tepper has made no bones about it. He wants to find that starting quarterback, that franchise quarterback that can bring the Lombardi trophy for the first time here to Carolina. But it's very complicated as we went over on Monday. And to provide even more details today, which I want to do as we're having this conversation, because I don't think we can have the conversation about Deshaun Watson, the football player, without talking about all the off-the-field stuff that even has us in this situation where David Tepper and Matt Rule and Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen all have to fly to Houston to go speak with him to understand what is going on. What we know is, last week, a grand jury in Harris County in Houston, Texas, decided not to to prosecute Deshaun Watson, did not indict him of the nine criminal counts that were against him 
for sexual assault and sexual misconduct. While those are now gone, which opened the door for the Panthers and the Saints and other teams to now pursue Watson in good faith, which I put in quotes, there were still 22 active civil suits accusing him of sexual assault and sexual misconduct. And part of the details here, and these are going to be graphic, are concerning. The 22 active civil suits allege Watson, remember, alleged Watson forced two women to perform oral sex on him, that he ejaculated on three women, women and in front of three others, that he groped four women and kissed another woman unprompted upon arrival for a massage appointment. 18 of the 22 active suits accused Watson of inappropriately touching women with his penis during multiple massage sessions. That's an issue. And that's why we're here. But the criminal part of it is now gone. And according to sports attorneys and folks that really cover this and know it, the lawyers, that a grand jury has a very low burden of proof that they need. And that if a prosecutor wants to get an indictment, they can get an indictment. And the fact that that did not happen meant that maybe the evidence was not very strong and there wasn't enough evidence at all. As I brought up before, Deshaun Watson, who today on Tuesday will have more of these depositions to try and figure out the 22 active civil suits. He spent last week on that Friday when he was cleared of all the criminal charges pleading the fifth so that that could not be used against him that afternoon. So is he innocent? I don't know. But according to the court of law, they don't have enough evidence to move forward with the criminal charges, meaning that the NFL teams like the Panthers, the Saints, and the others interested can now move forward and try to procure the services of a fantastic player in someone that Carolina Panthers absolutely need. And at this point in time, if the Panthers don't get Watson, I really wonder if they have any other options out there. Kirk Cousins signed an extension for the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, right around the same time as the Tom Brady news came out. Great news dump there by the Minnesota Vikings PR team. I know he's not a popular player in Minnesota, but what was Minnesota going to do without Kirk Cousins? They were going to be a terrible football team. New head coach Kevin O'Connell, who was his quarterback coach with the Washington, then Redskins. It made a lot of sense for Kirk Cousins to stay there. Apparently, the Panthers laughed off all the reporting a couple weeks ago from a local Minnesota radio host that the Panthers had called and inquired about Kirk Cousins. That was not the case. Kirk Cousins is no longer an option. Mitch Trubisky. Also, no longer an option. A former number two overall pick out of North Carolina to the Chicago Bears. Blamed out there. We found out that really, maybe it was just Matt Nagy's fault. And not so much Trubisky as he helped him get to the playoffs. Two out of the three seasons where he started in one of those seasons as a pro bowler. Goes to Buffalo last year. Sits behind Josh Allen. Gets redeemed. And becomes a hot commodity as he signs a two-year deal with this Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't know the terms. The, um, the rumors were, last week that he'd be looking at an eight-figure salary. And that's the case good for him. As you see, I'm wearing a North Carolina Tar Heels shirt. Got my blanket back there behind me as he was prepared to play in the tournament this week against Marquette. So good for Mitch Trubisky, someone who I said would be good competition if they were to need competition for Sam Darnold. But he's off the board. Jimmy G is the only other known upgrade out there still available. But he has a shoulder issue. And he might not be ready to go until the summer. And that means he's going to miss OTAs. He's going to miss minicamp. And are we sure once they get down to Spartanburg that he'll be ready to go? We already know what Jimmy G is. He's a player who's really good when you have a great running game around him, good offensive weapons, a good offensive line, and a great defense. 
Can the Carolina Panthers offer that to him? I don't think so, and I don't think that's someone that you want when you know that he cannot win you a Super Bowl, and that's the whole point of all of this quarterback search going on here in Carolina. Outside of that, Marcus Mariota spoke to a paper back in his native state of Hawaii this past weekend saying that he wants another opportunity as an NFL starting quarterback, maybe getting competition here in Carolina as he also is a former top three pick, and the Panthers have already tried to do that reclamation project last year with Sam Darnold. Would he make sense? As competition, Jameis Winston in that same draft class was drafted number one overall by Tampa Bay. He's been in New Orleans the last two years and he's been a free agent the last two cycles and Panthers have not shown any interest in bringing in Jameis Winston. Andy Dalton signed a $10 million deal last year to be the starter in Chicago, said it was his time. It was not Andy Dalton time after all. Could he be someone else that they want to bring in here? Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, who seemingly every time he gets injured, the quarterback that takes over Turns out to maybe, maybe be the next franchise quarterback. Saw with Justin Herbert in Los Angeles with the Chargers and then saw it last year in Houston with Davis Mills, which is certainly a welcome sight for the Houston Texans. So at this point in time, the Carolina Panthers, if they don't get Deshaun Watson, they're not in a good situation. Yes, you can always go to the draft and try and trade, or not trade, maybe I think it would make the most sense if they traded back to get a Malik Willis or a Kenny Pickett, but that doesn't really solve the issue, at least for this season maybe down the road, but Matt Rule doesn't have down the road, which is why Monday night was such a vital meeting for David Tepper, for Matt Rule, for Scott Fitterer, and for the Carolina Panthers organization. We're not going to sit here and ignore the allegations. I went over them with you, and I'll continue to go over them with you because we're not going to have this football conversation with also, without also acknowledging what else is out there and what baggage Deshaun Watson is potentially bringing to this community. And I've heard a lot of people, as I've said on Monday, who – aren't comfortable with it. And I've been surprised by it because for me, when it comes to NFL, they know that people are going to watch every week and the NFL doesn't care a lot of times about how their players act and how they might represent their teams and represent their communities. And I've always said too, that they should not be the moral compass of our society, but still there is a personal conduct policy and there is precedent that's been set that says that Deshaun Watson, even though he's not going to be criminally charged, is very likely to face some sort of suspension at some point in time in the very near future, whether it's in Carolina, New Orleans, or wherever else. So we'll have the conversation. I want the player here in Carolina. And I do feel uncomfortable about everything else there that I've talked about. And a lot of people should feel the same way. Maybe you don't feel the same way. Maybe all you care about is wins and losses, and you think that Watson can come to Carolina and help the team win. And certainly he might be able to. They're going to have to certainly give up a lot of assets. I don't care about the picks. The players are what I care more about in order to procure his services. And we'll see what exactly the pitch was as more reporting comes out today and tomorrow as hopefully there's a resolution. Because for me, this is the most important year, the week of the year for, my, for my, your guy. Huge college basketball fan. Tournament starts in earnest tonight with the, with the first four in Dayton, but really starts on Thursday at noon. I need this figured out, done by Wednesday. Not Thursday morning, by Wednesday. Because I don't want to be sitting here talking about Deshaun Watson on Thursday, on Friday, or on Saturday or Sunday. Get the deal done or don't get the deal done. I need this to reach a resolution by Wednesday evening so we can all move on with our lives. But for right now, the Panthers have spoken to Watson. They've sent the Texans their offer. And they've done everything that they can to try and show Deshaun Watson that this is the right situation for him and have done their due diligence, according to reports, by having a private investigator follow him, hire coach Sean Ryan, 
and try and do everything they can to convince Deshaun Watson that this is the right place for him and also to try and come back and tell the fan base that this quarterback is someone worthy of being the the face of the franchise despite the 22 active civil suits that I'm sure are going to concern a lot of people. And I don't blame anyone who's concerned about them, especially when they're accusing him of sexual assault and sexual misconduct and all the details I just provided to you shortly before. So that's where we stand when it comes to Deshaun Watson here on a Tuesday morning or really a Monday night as I'm recording this around 9 o'clock Eastern time here in my home in Charlotte, North Carolina. But the Panthers also made moves, cap-saving moves, and also brought in another player. We're looking at a potentially new-look Panthers defense in 2022. We'll get into those details here in just a moment. It's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best popular sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Whether the Carolina Panthers are able to bring in Deshaun Watson or not, it looks like we're in for a somewhat new look Carolina Panthers defense in 2022. The unit was awesome. Last year in 2021, being able to fix one of the worst defenses in the National Football League in 2022, in 2020, and turn into one of the best defenses in the NFL, a top five unit in 2021. But some of the players that they brought in last year will no longer be here in Carolina as the Panthers decided to cut defensive lineman Morgan Fox and cornerback A.J. Bouye, saving more than $6 million in cap space, bringing the Carolina Panthers about $35 million against the, uh, below the salary cap heading into 2022 prior to making some free agency moves. As we've talked about in the past, the Panthers like to have about nine or $10 million for in-season moves. They need about eight or $9 million also for their draft class. And looking at that, the Panthers probably only have about $17 million, maybe 20 million tops to sign other players. And that's not taking into account the $24 million of cap space that they would need to bring Deshaun Watson here to Carolina. So we'll see how that all plays out as bringing Deshaun Watson would also mean getting rid of a few players who would go against the salary cap here in 2022. So what will the defense look like going into September? As I mentioned, Morgan Fox, A.J. Bouye, both of those guys, role players, not starters. Now Fox started a couple games, same with Bouye as the cornerback position, had a little bit of attrition later on in the season. Decent players, but not major impact players. A major impact player the Carolina Panthers are losing is Hassan Reddick, and that's not a surprise to any of us, as last week I told you on the show, after tweeting about it looked like Hassan Reddick's likely going to leave the Carolina. He had liked that tweet 
also the week prior at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Panthers general manager Scott Fitterer talked about how they were going to allow Hassan Reddick to hit the market. And anytime you let a player who had 23 and a half sacks over the last two seasons hit the market and only got $6 million last year after a big season in Arizona and went on a prove-it deal and proved it, you should expect that player to get the bag and the Carolina Panthers could not afford to bring back Hassan Reddick as he signed a three-year, $45 million deal with $30 million guaranteed. That maxes out to about $49.5 million if he reaches every incentive for his hometown Philadelphia Eagles. Can't be mad at Hassan. Gets to go back home. Of course, he played at Temple for Matt Rule from Camden, New Jersey, across the Delaware River outside of Philadelphia. Gets to go back, play for his hometown Philadelphia Eagles, who I'm sure he grew up a fan of, and now he gets to go back to Philly and finally gets paid. Looking at it, if you max out the $49.5 million, that's an average annual value of $16.5 million, which is just below the $17 million he was looking for. But the Carolina Panthers could not afford that. Couldn't afford the franchise tag of $18.5 million for a linebacker and definitely could not afford to give him that kind of deal, even if it meant getting a signing bonus on top to try and push the money down the road. That was not something that was going to happen. So Hassan Reddick, also gone. I'd guess that Stephon Gilmore will be gone as well. And maybe even Dante Jackson, who the Panthers are letting test the market. We looked at the cornerback market so far on Monday, the top two cornerbacks in the league, at least for agents, JC Jackson from New England, who dubs himself Mr. Interception, is headed to the Chargers for a mega deal. Carlton Davis is staying in Tampa Bay for a team-friendly deal, even though he's making $15 million per year down in Tampa. Now, what does the market say for Deshaun Watson? Not Deshaun Watson, for Dante Jackson and for Stephon Gilmore. What will that be? I expect Gilmore to be gone. Maybe Dante can come back. Other starters that are going to be departing. Daquan Jones is set to sign with the Buffalo Bills on Wednesday. Justin Burris is starting safety. He's now gone. Jermaine Carter Jr. said his goodbyes following exit interviews in Carolina. He's no longer going to be here. So you got those players plus Morgan Fox and A.J. Bouye. So Fox, Bouye, Reddick, likely Gilmore, maybe Dante, Daquan Jones, Burris, and Carter all leaving Carolina as major players on one of the top defenses in the National Football League. The good thing for the Panthers, though, is they put a lot of assets back in the 2020 draft where they used all seven of their picks on defense and in 2021 and in free agency on some of the young players. And, well, really, these are all young players that were drafted. J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin, who's been fantastic, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, even Shaq Thompson, who's a holdover from the Ron Rivera era. He's young, but he's still a veteran and a captain on this team. You have those guys to build around, even though there are fill, there are holes to fill. The Carolina Panthers, especially in the secondary at corner, are extremely young at the position with no one on the roster older than 24. You have Horn, you have C.J. Henderson, who they traded the third-round pick, and Dan Arnold last year to Jacksonville to bring on, who at times last year looked like more of a developmental player than someone who's going to be ready to be the number two corner for the Panthers next season. You have him on the roster with Horn, and they would probably be the likely starters at corner if the season were to start today, which it's not. So it doesn't really matter. Keith Taylor, the sixth-round pick out of Washington, who they really like. Stanley Thomas Oliver, who's more of a special teams player, former seventh-round pick, seventh pick out of Florida International. Troy Pride Jr., coming off of a knee injury. He was injured in that first game against Indianapolis Colts in preseason. I don't think he would have made the roster. Now he gets an opportunity along with Marjorie Harper. That's a really young secondary, especially at the corner spot. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, as far as filling holes, the Panthers did fill one of those holes at free safety by signing Xavier Woods, who formerly of the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys and last year with the Minnesota Vikings, signed him to a three-year, $17.5 million deal. 
and actually sounds like a pretty good deal. Woods was the only defensive player in the NFL to play every single snap with his team last year. A solid, dependable player who figures to be a mainstay in the Panthers secondary. That was according to Field Yates of ESPN.com. I spoke to one of my buddies, Matthew Collar, who's been on the show before. Broke down the whole Kirk Cousins deal a couple weeks ago. At least the Panthers' interest and in whether that would make a lot of sense. I sent him a text asking, what are your thoughts on Xavier Woods? He told me he's a good player. Really respected for his intelligence. Not going to make a ton of game-changing plays, although he did have three interceptions last year, but solid, usually in the right place. That kind of guy. I like that. Three years, $17.5 million for a starter who didn't have injuries, was durable all last season, played every single snap. You got to like that if you're Carolina. You put him now opposite of Jeremy Chen at safety, and you're set there. Just looking at it right now, the depth chart, at least the first team, when you're looking at the starters for next year, and this is before we're talking about the potential of Deshaun Watson trade, because if Deshaun Watson does come here, you're going to lose a piece of these players. You're going to lose a couple of these players. Apparently, the Panthers don't want to give up Brian Burns or Jeremy Chin, which those would be the two non-starters I would talk about on defense. I could see them letting go of Derrick Brown. I wouldn't want to give up J.C. Horn because he does play a premium position. You just traded for him. But the hope is maybe C.J. Henderson develops into something that's good enough. He was a former Top 10 pick and plays the same position. When I look at it right now, this Panthers defense, you got Brian Burns back there starting at defensive end after a Pro Bowl year. Derek Brown at defensive tackle, nose tackle. You got re- to fill that position as Daquan Jones is now headed to Buffalo. Etor Grossmatos, he gets to step up and be a starter at defensive end, taking over from Morgan Fox. Second round pick from a couple years ago. Last year in the Buffalo game, had two and a half sacks. Really came on later in the season before suffering COVID and coming down with that and missing the last game of the season. But I think that they really want to get him on the field. And I believe that Etor Grossmatos can reach that potential that the Panthers saw in him when they drafted him in the second round back in 2020. Frankie Louvu, who's going to replace only positionally uh, Hassan Reddick. Because I don't think the Panthers are going to be able to replace Reddick's production of 11 sacks last season. Maybe Burns can get to double-digit sacks and really get to 12-13 range next year. We'll see Grossmatos if he's more consistently healthy, playing more games and getting more snaps, maybe he gets the opportunity to take on some of that load from last season. And Frankie Louvu, who the Panthers said, both Matt Rule and Scott Fitter, they believe he could be a starter. And he was more than just a contingency plan if Reddick was not to resign in Carolina. We'll see what he can do as a full-time starter outside linebacker. Shaq Thompson back in the middle of that defense at linebacker. They're going to have to find another middle linebacker than J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, and as mentioned back in the safe in the secondary, at strong safety, Jeremy Chin, and a free safety, Xavier Woods. So right now, got to find a nose tackle. Got to find a middle linebacker. Scott Fitter also mentioned something about finding that edge-setting defensive end who can stop the run. A run stuffer would be really nice, whether it's at the middle of the defense or kind of at the edge. But a new-look defense, as you're losing a lot of veterans, but still some young players that they brought in, that they've evaluated, and you have to still feel good about them moving forward. The only issue, though, is, and the question, is how many of the guys we just talked about in that starting 11, or at least in 9 of 11 spots, will actually be here in Carolina next season if the Panthers are successfully able to bring in Deshaun Watson. We will see. Now, one of the key questions for Deshaun Watson, I'm sure, as he asked Carolina Panthers when they met on Monday, was how are you going to protect me? The Carolina Panthers waited a while on Monday, but they finally found a new starting guard, which is one of the key things that they wanted to do heading into free agency. We'll talk about who that is, and we'll look at how the offensive line will look with Watson or without Watson here in Carolina. 
heading into 2022 in just a moment. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. I'm talking about your smartphone, folks. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? We sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Monday was a pretty quiet day for the Carolina Panthers as the NFL negotiating period, also known as the legal tampering period, began at noon Eastern. It was a quiet day for the Panthers and, well, until it wasn't a quiet day. As I told y'all, I am recording this for the second time today because I thought at 530 it'd be safe to record a podcast as the Panthers had not made any move. And I was thinking that they were sitting here on Deshaun Watson watch as they were set to meet with the quarterback on Monday. And we'd see what happened after that, whether they would start making moves or they would wait till later on when they knew whether Watson would be their starting quarterback or not and what kind of cap space that they would have with or without Watson. Well, I was wrong to do that. And that's why I'm recording this podcast again. As we saw early on in today, the top guards went going off the market. One of the positions of need, the Panthers went into the free agency period, wanting to find a starting guard, wanting to find a starting free safety. And we saw some of the top ones go off the market, like Alex Kappa, formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, going to the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that is hell bent on trying to find a way to protect Joe Burrow after getting after he took the team to a Super Bowl this past year, losing to the Los Angeles Rams, but someone who's going to be really good for that team moving forward if he can stay healthy, had an ACL injury the year prior and got injured again in the Super Bowl. Brandon Scherf, who was a former top 10 pick by the Washington Redskins at the time, then football team, now commanders. He's headed down to Jacksonville. I have not seen the details on his deal. He's probably going to get paid. Lakin Tomlinson, who was thought to maybe be right outside the price range for the Panthers, but possibly a... Uh, someone they could bring here, played at Duke, was a San Francisco 49er. He's now headed to New York to play for the Jets. And Roger Saffold, a former pro bowler for the Los Angeles Rams and Tennessee Titans, was cut last week as a cap casualty. He's now headed up to Buffalo. So saw those four guys go off the board. I was wondering who the Panthers were going to get. They were going to have to go into the bargain bin. We knew that going into free agency, knowing that they didn't have a ton of space. Currently looking at about $17 million, and that's not counting in, factoring in the 24 that they're going to have to use to find space for Deshaun Watson, but other players would be on the way out and it would probably work out eventually. The Panthers, well, not probably, they'll make a way, they'll find a way to make it work out. 
for the Carolina Panthers on Monday night, signed Austin Corbett, the former Cleveland Browns second round pick, who went 33rd overall, has 41 career starts and started all 17 games last year for the Super Bowl winning Los Angeles Rams at right guard. He is now coming to Carolina, checking the box for free safety and for right guard. So well done, Carolina Panthers. As we look at it right now, just taking inventory on what the starting offensive line could look like just currently. And say, let's say this, if Deshaun Watson comes to Carolina, this is what the offensive line, as I see it here on March 15th, probably would look like. Left tackle, Brady Christensen. You would no longer have your sixth overall pick, which a lot of people would hope to use on a left tackle. And the Panthers reportedly are dead set on bringing in a tackle with that sixth overall pick. But if they get Watson, that pick will be gone along the next two first round picks, a couple players, and maybe even more draft compensation. The hope would be, at the very least, they could get back a day two pick in this year's draft so that they could continue to bring in more talent on the offensive line via the draft. But Brady Christensen, in my opinion, would get to start at left tackle as the new offensive line coach here in Carolina, James Campen, has talked about. He wishes there was more tape on Brady Christensen, that he could have got a better look at him. And that's something that a lot of fans are saying right now, listening to the show, saying, me too. We would have loved to see more of a great Brady Christensen at left tackle last year for the Carolina Panthers as that was a revolving door, both literally and figuratively, for the Carolina Panthers last season and the nine prior seasons as they're set to enter the 10th straight season here in Carolina with a brand new starter day one at left tackle. I'd say right now that's Brady Christensen if they bring in Deshaun Watson. At left guard, it would either be Deontay Brown or Michael Jordan or maybe a draft pick if they're able to find one later on in the draft that could start day one at left guard. At center, Pat Elfline. Then at right guard, Austin Corbett. And at right tackle, Taylor Moten. You'd have to feel really good about Moten, really good about Corbett, and I think you feel fine about Brady Christensen. I know a lot of people are probably more confident than me. He can play that position. They're, they're gro it's growing more onto the Carolina Panthers, especially now that Campen's here. They give you the starting left tackle. I know the arm length we make fun of all the time, but that's something that some people care about. But we also saw last season, a first-round pick, the Panthers decided not to draft, or Sean Slater end up being a Pro Bowl, protecting Justin Herbert's blind side there with the Chargers in L.A. But that's the starting offensive line, which is much better. Now, they're not particularly deep, and they're going to have to find some depth. You have that with Cam Irving as a backup, and we'll see what Dennis Daly, maybe if he makes the roster, what he can provide. But as I said to you all last season, if they have injuries, they're going to struggle. But right there as a starting unit, you'd have to like that. Now, if they don't bring in Deshaun Watson, Moten's still at right tackle, Corbett's still at right guard. I would say for right now, Pat Elfline at center, then at guard, Brady Christensen, and then they take on either a Charles Cross or Trevor Penning or whoever might fall there to left tackle at six. As it looks like Jacksonville, franchise tagging Cam, um, Cam Robinson might be more inclined to go defensive end with Aiden Hutchinson out of, Miz, out of Michigan there at number one overall. And that could mean an Ike Okwanu or an Evan Neal falls back to six. But either way, if Watts is not here, Moten at right tackle, Austin Corbett at right guard, Pat Alflin at, at center, Christensen at left guard, and then that six overall pick at left tackle, which again, you got to feel pretty good about that offensive line compared to what the Panthers had to deal with last season. So a job well done in the first day of the negotiating period and legal tampering period for the Carolina Panthers in procuring the services of Austin Corbett, a Super Bowl winning right guard for the Los Angeles Rams last year, and Xavier Woods, who played every single defensive snap 
for the Minnesota Vikings and prove that he's a durable player and fits right in at free safety next to Jeremy Chin playing at, at strong safety. One other thing I saw out there reported when I look at the Panthers in the center position, because I've said that's something that I would like for them to possibly address instead of just handing the job to Pat Elfline, who was replaced at, in Minnesota where he was drafted in the, in the third round out of Ohio State to be their center. He was replaced later on by Garrett Bradbury at NC State in the first round to be their starting center before moving over to guard where he struggled and going to New York, struggling at guard and struggling at guard here in Carolina before going to center last year when Matt Paradis went down with an ACL injury where he's far more comfortable. But if you can upgrade at the position, Bradley Bozeman, who currently plays for the Baltimore Ravens, a free agent, would be an upgrade. And they can get him. And then you can have Christensen at left guard if they don't decide to get Watson and you can get a left tackle at six. That's a pretty damn good scenario. That also means that you don't have Deshaun Watson, so that's probably not the best scenario. But the offensive line is well on its way to being fixed, and that's something that every single Carolina Panthers fan can rejoice. But can we please find a real left tackle and a stud left tackle? Not saying that Brady Christians is not that. He can very well be that. But he was, again, second-round guard grade, third-round tackle grade. If they can get a first-round tackle, I would love that. I'd also love to have Deshaun Watson here. It's an either-or situation, as we talked about yesterday. Would you rather have Watson or a running back? Would you rather have Watson or a left tackle? I know we've all had that conversation. What's more important, getting a left tackle or getting a quarterback? Fixing the offensive line or getting a quarterback? A quarterback can take you a long way, as we saw with Joe Burrow, but you also have to protect him, as we saw with Cam Newton and the Panthers' inability to protect him and to put weapons around him. And getting Deshaun Watson could take away some of those weapons, could take away some of those good defensive players, and put the Panthers in a position where they're not ready to go. But telling him now that we have Taylor Moten, Austin Corbett, Pat Elfline, Brady Christensen, all right there for the five starters, ready to protect you next year, he has to feel a lot better about that than he did when he woke up this morning and when the Panthers probably got to meet with him later on tonight, where I'm sure they told him what their plan was. But now it's tangible, something you can see, that he doesn't have to wait until Wednesday or Thursday to hope that maybe that's the truth that they're telling him. He can absolutely see the Panthers' plan in terms of the offense line and how this team could be better with him. So we continue to be on Deshaun Watson watch while also recognizing all the things he's accused of and how messy the situation potentially could be even moving forward. But knowing the Carolina Panthers are all in as David Tepper and Matt Rule met with the quarterback in Houston on Monday and the Panthers now have two players in free safety, Xavier Woods and right guard Austin Corbett that can help this team moving ahead in 2022. And we'll continue to do that on the show on Wednesday and throughout the rest of the week as we wait to see what happens with the Carolina Panthers and Deshaun Watson and whether they win that sweepstakes and what players do to part if they do, in fact, procure the services of the former Pro Bowl quarterback down there in Houston. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. So please subscribe to the show and watch the show over on YouTube. Please also rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify or all the other places where you listen to this show and all your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, every single Friday. I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. You can also submit a question by commenting on any of the videos that you see on YouTube. In the meantime, be safe. The weather's finally good. As I'm your local weather reporter, apparently taking over Brad Panovich's job. And keep pounding and we'll talk more Panthers on Wednesday.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.